Staying alive, just what you need when parenting seems like a nightmare. This podcast is about parenting, its complexities, its joys, and the sheer volume of what it seems you must know without much adequate preparation. Some days are good, no question, but just when you think you've got it all figured out, there those children you made go, showing how they mutate into people you don't even want to know. And it seems you must start all over again. (laughs) Does this sound like you? If so, this podcast is for you. It's meant to give you support in what is likely the most important job you'll ever have. You won't get paid in currency, but the joys can actually be worth more. Subscribe and listen in as my guests and I share war stories from the field. Just like us, I promise that ultimately you'll find yourself dancing to staying alive from the BGs. Welcome listeners to our very first podcast. This is Staying Alive, the podcast for parents. I'll be going solo today just to prepare you for the wonderful discussions and guests you can expect on Staying Alive. So today I want to do a parenting 101 with you, meaning I'm just going to discuss some basics, some understandings, and then that will prepare us for what will come on later on in in future episodes. So parenting is often used to define the process of raising a child. That's really simple, right? The, The process of raising a child. Now, of course, we know that it's way more complicated than that. Uh, We know that there are various parenting styles. You may have been raised differently from how you're raising or planning to raise your children. All of these are therefore embedded in context. So it's important when we're talking about parenting to to, to make sure that we give it some context. Another thing that we often talk about is good parents and bad parents. You know, this person's a good parent, this person's a bad parent. Although really what you might term as good is not somebody's good, right? And so this is another area in which um, you can see that it's really important that we give it some context because context is important. But then, you know, think about it. When we say that somebody's a a good parent, does that mean it's because the the child is successful? And even when we say uh, a child has become a successful adult, what exactly do we mean? Uh, do we mean that, you know, they stayed in school, did they complete a degree or two or more, uh, get a job, they got married, they have kids, they haven't been to jail? I can imagine some of us responding and nodding our, our heads vigorously, possibly saying all of the, of all of the above. But what about if your child didn't do any of these to the expectations that you had for them? Does that mean they are unsuccessful? And if they are unsuccessful... Uh, is that your fault? Are you a bad parent? Well, you know that social class, wealth, culture, income can all have an impact on the kind of methods that um, you use for for raising your children. Um, I've heard so many times from wealthy parents who would say, hmm, only they walk to school, they'll see how lucky they are. Or uh, look at how little they value the things that we've bought for them. They have too many things. Well, (laughs) I keep wondering, who bought them the too many things? Alternatively, I've heard the refrain, 
We don't have much, so don't go having airs and graces. Know your level. This podcast is recorded from Ghana, so don't be surprised if some of the contexts I describe or or, uh, that my guests describe are very Ghana-centric and, in fact, Afri-centric because culture does have a lot to do with how we parent. Have you noticed that many moms parent a certain way and many dads another way? Uh, I I just love observing couples when they're in discussion about their kids, especially when there's an issue, right? And you find dad turning to mom and saying, you see, I told you, you spoil our son too much. And then mom looks at dad and says, and what about how you spoil our daughter? And so this just raises another issue about how our styles change with the gender of the child that we're dealing with. There are many of us who are tougher on our daughters than we are on our sons. Um, I've hardly met, maybe I would have to think hard about, yeah, I do see some instances, uh, especially with dads, of course, where um, they're tougher with their sons than they would be uh, with their daughters. Uh, As well, our styles seem to change with the birth order of the child we're parenting. If you're firstborn like me, you probably looked at how your younger siblings were parented and you shook your head and you thought, are you serious, mom? Well, of course, you didn't say it out loud, especially if you're an African child. You don't say these things out loud. And you're thinking, how is it that I was almost flogged, like a flogged, for receiving a Valentine's Day card from a boy? But my younger sister gets to say, can I get a ride to my boyfriend's house? And and she's given a ride, like, you know, no questions asked. You know, maybe it could be because, you know, you knew their parents, you know, the, the boy's parents, and maybe for me, you didn't, whatever. But this is almost fact. And I can see somebody, not see somebody, actually, I can imagine somebody nodding their heads and saying, yeah, I know. And maybe you're even doing that as a parent. You, with, your, with your first child, you're like, ah, 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 ah. And then by the time it gets to your third or fourth child, you really don't care, you know, as much as you did with the first one. So being firstborn is hard. So a big shout out to all my fellow firstborns who have endured all the torture so that their younger siblings can have an easy ride. So let's talk about the different styles of parenting. There are about four main ones. And then we probably can add more depending on context again. So I'm going to focus on those ones and describe them a bit. I want you to listen carefully and be truthful by raising your hand, um, whether this sort of applies to you, right? Don't forget, I can't see you and perhaps nobody else can. So be truthful with yourself because this is where we get started as to trying to figure out what it is that we're doing and whether it's the best thing for our our children. So acknowledging where we are is a great first step. So here goes. So the first one is authoritative parenting. This combines a medium level uh, of demand on the child and a medium level responsiveness from the parents. So authoritative parents rely on a certain positive reinforcement an infrequent use of punishment. No, they didn't say no, no use of punishment or frequent, infrequent. Right here, the parents are more aware of the child's feelings and, and capabilities and support the development within certain reasonable limits. There's usually a give and take here. So I'll give you an example to sort of situate this a little bit better for you. So let's say, say for example, 
your child scores 65% in an exam. She's disappointed and so are you. You still give her a hug though and you ask what happened since it was her favorite subject. She can't even say, but you tell her, it's okay, take your time. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll keep discussing this. Then she eventually tells you she just lost focus on in the exam room. So you proceed to discuss strategies with her to keep her focused. All the while, you're not raising your voice. So is this you? If this is you, you're exhibiting authoritative parenting. If you bet on the horse and the horse don't win, you lose. And I bet you. So let's look at the next one, authoritarian parenting. Right. So the first one was authoritative. The second one I'm about to talk uh, about is authoritarian. Authoritarian parents are very rigid and, and strict. They have high demands that they place on the child. There's little responsiveness to them, though this is the demands. And the parents who practice this uh, have a non-negotiable set of rules and expectations, strictly enforce them. Uh, and when the rules aren't followed, there usually is, is, is some punishment. And this is uh, meant to promote and ensure future obedience. There's usually no um, explanation of punishment, except that the child is told you've broken a rule, you've broken a rule, therefore you're going to be punished, sometimes by corporal punishment. Uh, and a, a typical response to a child's question, you know, to, to the authority, you know, um, uh, Joshua, don't go to the fridge. Why can't I, why can't I go and open the fridge? Because I said so, All right? So I'll give the say a similar example where your, your child scores 65% in an exam. She's disappointed. So are you. You tell her she has disappointed you and tell her she will see when you get home. This seeing could be a beating, some slaps, and definitely a raised voice. If this is you, put your hand up. Nobody can see you. If this is you, you're exhibiting authoritarian parenting style and authoritarian parenting style. Okay, moving on. The third one is permissive parenting. So in this setting, the child's freedom and autonomy are highly valued and the parents tend to rely mostly on reasoning and explanation. Basically, you know, talking through it. Parents are undemanding, so there tends to be little, if any, punishment or explicit rules uh, in this style. Uh, these parents say that their children are free from external constraints uh, and tend to be highly responsive to whatever the child wants. So in the context that I described earlier for the first two styles, it will look like this in a permissive home. The child will get the 65%, freely tells his parents who say, well done. No questions asked about whether he wanted or could do better. Basically, whatever makes you happy, kiddo, makes us happy. And blah, 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 la di da di bounces over to the room and uh, no questions asked uh, about it. Then, uh, so this could be you. If this is you, put your hand up. And then the next one is uninvolved parenting. Uh, an uninvolved or uh, a neglectful parenting style is when the parents are often emotionally or physically absent. So when we say emotionally absent, we mean that you're there, but you really don't give anything of yourself the child. You might as well not be there. Um, these parents, you know, they have little to no expectation of the child, regularly have no communication. They're not responsive at all to the child's needs, have little or no behavioral expectations. 
if they're present, though, they may provide what the child needs for survival with little to no engagement. And uh, a child in, in, in that kind of a home that practices this will probably hide their marks for a long time because uh, no one is asking for them. Hmm. These children often parent themselves because even if someone is at home, it's really like, you know, there's nobody there. So if this is you, put your little finger up. Um, some of the, the parents in, in this group, the uninvolved parent, um, they sort of console themselves by saying, well, I'm away so much or I'm, uh, I'm working so hard so I can put food on the table and I can uh, pay your school fees and, and that sort of thing. You, you should be happy about it. That's if they were ever questioned about it. Um, and, you know, by the time they get back home, they are so tired. They really have uh, little to no interaction um, with the child. Uh, I think there's another one, though, and maybe not just another one. There may be some combinations of what I have talked about. So there are the four, the uninvolved parent, the permissive parent, the authoritarian parent, and the authoritative parent. And uh, if you can't find yourself like squarely in one of these, maybe because you're a combo style parent, uh, there's one, you know, the, the one that's uninvolved, but with high expectations. So remember that the uninvolved one that I, I described before really has very little expectation than none. Uh, but uninvolved with high expectations, I'm sure you know that kind, you know, that's where the child may or may not have their basic needs met, you know, form shoes, lunch. But this parent never shows up for any meeting regarding the child and yet expects a whole lot from that child. So it's an odd mix of uninvolved and authoritarian, probably, but 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 you get the picture that you can you can mix them. And then at different stages of one's life and you know the the career situation that a parent is in, they may exhibit one or the other. It doesn't mean that once you are um, identifying right now as a permissive parent, you can't change. You know, and you'll see that through throughout um, a child's. Um, stages of development, parents can change those styles, uh, sometimes willingly or unwillingly. Uh, sometimes when, you know, the children grow older and we can't seem to handle them, then we become a, a whole lot more permissive. Whereas when they are younger, then there's the authoritarian bit or, or authoritative even. So let's see, maybe you didn't pick up your hand as I was going through. I would love to hear from you as to whether there's another style I didn't mention and, and maybe you're aware of the style you exhibited or that was what was uh, done with you. Uh, but maybe you did raise your hand and it's a good first start. It's like going on a journey. You got to start somewhere. So um, we, we also parent differently as our children grow, as I said before. And sometimes this change is intentional because we, we know we have to. You can't talk to your five-year-old the way you do to your 15-year-old. And stages of development come with their contextual expectations, so we have to change along with it. Many of you know um, the preacher T.D. Jakes, and he has a concept that I really love. It's called migratory thinking. Uh, and here he teaches about how we move from one way of thinking to another. And I've chosen to bring this up um, and to share with you my, my version of it, which is still migratory thinking, but I like lightening it to the process of moving from one house to another, one city to another, one country to another. Um, because the process of moving requires a lot of planning and it requires us to think about where we are going, what we will need to take with us because we want a successful move. 
So when you're migrating your thinking, you're already in a certain space and you want to go somewhere else. And so there's some things you have to think about. Now, as we chat non-judgmentally about how we parent, I want us to keep in mind that as we migrate our thinking, some things will stay and others will have to move. Are you ready for that? Our children's future, uh, our children's futures, your child's future depends on it. So if for nothing else, let's permit ourselves to be a part of the change we know will be helpful uh, to our families. So your homework for today Yes, I'm a teacher and I can never resist giving homework. So your homework for today is to determine what kind of parenting style or styles you've been using. And if you're not sure, ask your kids. <laughs> they will know for sure. So join us in episode two, where we will unpack more of this parenting journey we are on together. I will be joined by a special guest. And if anybody has any questions, you can send them in so that we can answer them for you. See you next time stay alive. Bye. This has been a Gold Coast Report production.